Hello and welcome to another episode of the Left Media Podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Mitchell. And I'm Mike. And today we're going to be doing one of my favorite films of all time, if not my favorite film ever, The Departed, which I'm, I'm super excited about. It's, it's, it, 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 it's just such a fucking good movie. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to, to, to get into it and and uh, delve into to what all we can extrapolate from it. Agreed. I uh, I, I love the movie, and it's uh, <clears throat> it's one of those films that um, I think is going to be looked back on for a long time with a lot of uh, with a lot of appreciation. Um, I think it was maybe brought Scorsese a, a little bit into. Uh, um, the perspective and the scope of of some uh, newer, you know, moviegoers mm-hmm. and and film connoisseurs who uh, can appreciate the the more modern bent. Um, but I loved it. I love anything he does, and I think it was is phenomenal. I've seen it before. I've seen it probably three, four times, but we watched it again. Also, one of my favorite movies, um, and uh, I think I got more out of it now than I ever have. Kind of taking notes and looking for things. Yeah, uh, and so it had been a while since I'd seen it too. So um, loved it, and uh, there are a bunch of themes that we can we can talk about: uh, police corruption, obviously, uh, class divide, racism organized crime and the hierarchy within that we'll touch on a little bit of surveillance um uh some economic determinism you know uh that uh we'll 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 delve into just a little bit uh kind of about how environment shapes individuals and communities um and uh on that note i'd like to open it up with a uh a quotation from Karl marx himself that uh you know, there's and there's a lot of debate on economic determinism. So hit us up on Twitter if you have ideas about it. But um, it's something that is a part of of, of Marxist works, and uh, we're going to explore it just a little bit. Um, this uh, this quotation is uh, quote: "It is not the consciousness of man that determines their being." But on the contrary, their social being that determines their consciousness, end quote. And, yeah, uh, of yeah. course, like we said, that's Karl Marx, and uh, that was part of, um, you know, just to, just touching on economic determinism and, and what an environment might do um, to shape the ideas of and, and what material conditions mean to the individual and to communities. Uh, I think there, that theme is... Subtle sometimes more than others in this film, but it is it is throughout the film. Uh, it is present. So, uh, well, let's talk a, bit, a little bit about the film, though. Okay. Um, before we get too much into the to the political side, um, the directing, and cinematography, of course, I loved it, um, and I'm actually going to go ahead and talk about some of the details of the film. Of course, it was directed by uh, Martin Scorsese. Cinematography by Michael uh, Ballas. Uh, produced by Brad Pitt, Brad Gray, and Graham King. Uh, screenplay by William Monaghan. Uh, it was based on a film called uh, Infernal Affairs 
by Alan Mack and Felix Chong, I believe. I think it was a like a Chinese film or a huh, Japanese film. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, uh, music by Howard Shore, um, and it was uh, it was a Warner Brothers film. It was released uh, in 2006, in fall of 2006, and uh, of course it stars. Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg, Martin Sheen, Ray Winstone, Vera Farmiga, Anthony Anderson, and Alec Baldwin. Um, it's I, yeah, such it, a cast. It's 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 one of the most <clears throat> uh, incredible casts cast ever on uh, assembled. It's it it and, and it seems like when when you kind of assemble a cast like that, it it either goes one of two ways. Either you get the Expendables, which is, eh, or or you get the Departed, which is like top of the line, just hard to be outdone, and and everybody just acted their asses off. Absolutely, I mean the 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 budget was about ninety million dollars, and uh, over fifty percent of that went to the cast. So, that makes sense. You know, that makes sense. They uh, they went for it, um, but uh, the the plot, according to uh, Wikipedia, uh, quote the film takes place in Boston. Uh, Irish mob boss Frank Costello, played by Jack Nicholson, plants Colin Sullivan, played by Matt Damon, as a mole within the Massachusetts State Police. The two characters are loosely based on famous gangster. Whitey Bulger and corrupt FBI agent John Conley, who grew up with Bulger. Simultaneously, the police assign undercover state trooper William Billy Costigan, Leonardo DiCaprio, to infiltrate Costello's crew. When both sides realize the situation, Sullivan and Costigan each attempt to discover the other's identity before they are found out. End quote. So, you know, we'll get into the writing too, but I mean, it's pretty airtight. It's it's really well put together. Mm-hmm. The the person who did the uh, William Monaghan who did the uh, the screenplay had only done I think Kingdom of Heaven before this, and that was something I saw, but I don't remember much of, and was not as impressive as this from what I remember. Um, and also did a film after called Body of Lies, I think, and. Uh, did a uh, Mark Wahlberg film, uh, The Gambler. In the last okay. Little. Uh, yeah, Kingdom of Heaven is is kind of familiar. Didn't that have Orlando Bloom? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was some. Yeah. Some it was like a. Way back in the day, like yeah. Trojan or Roman era, the medieval or something. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, I but vaguely I don't remember, remember enough that. about it. Yeah. Me say either. one way or the other, but. Um, but I don't think it, uh, it was quite like this. But, no. Um, and also, it was uh, at the uh, the 79th Academy Awards. It uh, it was nominated for Best Picture, won Best Director. I think that's Scorsese's one and only Best Director, wow. which is odd. But um, and uh, believe it won Best Adapted Screenplay. Cool, um, cool. And was also nominated for editing. And uh, Wahlberg was nominated for uh, Mark Wahlberg was nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor. So. You know, a movie that was uh, didn't go didn't go under the radar was not unappreciated. Um, it was it was, I think, well appreciated and uh, brought a lot of, uh, like I said, what what kind of what Scorsese does, but to to a modern audience. But um, yeah, because I I I um, seen that 
And I think that was like either the first or second film. I forget when Gangs of New York came out. I think it might have been. I think before. This was, I think Gangs of New York was before The Departed. Yeah, by a few years um, earlier in the two thousands. So, I think, but it but. was it was early enough in uh, The Departed. I mean, was early enough in in um, Leo DiCaprio and and Scorsese's team up that uh that I caught on to it that that they had a, a lot to do with each other and, yeah. and kind of simultaneously took on the same projects and uh and I had seen Gangs of New York and like The Aviator for example yeah but they didn't hit like The Departed did no, for me no no you know? um but they're uh great films in in their own right for sure but but The Departed is is I don't know there's just something just fucking perfect about it yeah and they weren't as classically scorsese you know as like yeah he just does gangster films yeah so i mean it's like you know there was goodfellas and casino um which i watched before but um i watched the, i i for some reason stumbled upon those when i was in like high school love both of those movies um but I don't know that a lot of modern audiences had gone back, you know, especially further than that, to anything like Raging Bull or, or, or yeah. Taxi Driver or any of that stuff. So, um, but uh, I think that, you know, the the, the camera work uh, in one of the first scenes when Eller, Ellerby and, and Dignam are, are going back and forth, um, kind of debriefing the room mm-hmm. um, early on in the film. The camera work is is interesting because it's it's almost on a swivel back and forth between the two, Ellery yeah. and Dignam when they're talking, almost at, at a rapid pace, uh, which is interesting. And and I think that uh, Scorsese's brilliance, I think, lies in making ordinary things of an environment extraordinary by highlighting what is essential to the environment which is like going to boston and highlighting what is you know essential to their way of life mm-hmm. going to you know um the, uh, las vegas and doing the same thing with casino and goodfellas and you know where that was and so on and so you know that is i think where the the strength of his his work lies and it's just so well done and, and put together here, and that's on display. All of that kind of talent and ability is on display here. Um, what's your, do you have a favorite scene or any 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 thoughts on that? Oh man, um, it's it's really hard to pick. Uh, but but I think like just in terms of of what like got me on the edge of my seat the most is is probably the uh the on foot chase scene yeah after the after the porn theater i was i was just as, just as a as a young teenager just remember watching that and and just being on the edge of my fucking seat and because like leo or uh, costigan would would just get so fucking close and yep. and like there's a lot of like suspense about it yeah it's it's just one of the best on foot uh, chase scenes I've, I've ever seen and then we got a great shot of of uh jack Co- nicholson's dildo oh no 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 not that one um oh, whatever <laughs> uh that was that was prior so no his 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 dildo only made a 
a one-time appearance, but uh, close, okay. very close. I'm sorry um, for interrupting you. I, I, I just I got ahead of myself. That's that's fine. It's 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 not easy to. Jack Nicholson's my favorite actor, so I just I got I got it. Yeah, yeah like it, and it was a it was a fine dildo. It was. Um, but no, it, it very close to that scene. It's 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 during the chase, so no dildos were around. But uh, well, it you was, don't know that. Well, that's true. Um, uh, it was when. <laughs> Leo was looking back and, and looking around for for Costigan, and he he looks into like this. It looks kind of like a wind chime, uh, but it's also like mirrors. It, it's just like yeah. a bunch of hanging mirrors, and uh, it's all broken up. Some are longer than the other ones, um, and you can see like his uh, Leo's reflection, and then you you see uh, Sullivan or slash Matt Damon's character walking away in the background, and I, I, that's also one of my favorite shots of the whole film. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. That is a really... There, there, there's unique little things that happen. Um, and, and and speaking of the scene in the theater, um, and one oh, of you're my... You're going back to that? One of my, fa- <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is um, is the scene the at dildo? like the... The, the that but also <laughs> um, the the scene at like the opera or theater or whatever where Frank and the women are sitting in the balcony there's like a red light cast upon them the the the, the cocaine being thrown in the uh, in the cut to the other scene is almost like the snow kind of coming down or something and and uh, um, it's because it's against that black just backdrop and uh, Regardless, you know, he he uh, apparently came up with Jack Nicholson came up with and improvised both of those scenes. That's where I'm trying to get with that. The um, dildo, yes. Okay. And the and the cocaine and the red stuff and uh, and the and the ladies that he was with, um, which I thought was interesting. He's brilliant. Yeah, and and it's like uh, it's weird, but I mean, it's like you know, that's that's just kind of like. Uh, this movie could have been a really straight-laced kind of um, cop gangster movie, mm-hmm. but Nicholson came in and made it fucking weird a couple times. And of course, that's, and that's awesome, and that's why he's my favorite actor. Yeah, so yeah. I, I feel it's like understandable. We, I feel I'd like have to say, like I, I, I think Leonardo, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio is, is is. I don't think we've ever talked about that on on the show. Who our favorite actors is, but if if we're getting that's into true. It, that might have been a good question to go over in the Q and A thing. Yeah. But um, I I think Leonardo DiCaprio is 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 my favorite actor. I mean, he just is phenomenal and everything. He should have won a won an, uh, an Oscar way before having to crawl up in in, in a carcass of a <laughs> of a dead animal to right. uh, because I believe that was real. I think he actually like crawled up into an actual dead carcass. I did read something about that. I don't know um, what it came out to for, be for uh Revenant. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Revenant uh which is maybe a, a movie we should do on here. That'd be fucking Yeah, cool. it's definitely one I want to see again soon because um, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, yeah, Saw it in same. theaters, but um, Tom Hardy's another good one. Yeah, Speaking yeah, he's great. Rhythm, but, he's great. Um, yeah, I think Leo's definitely my favorite or one of my favorite modern actors. Yeah, he's he's just incredible in, in everything that he does. Um, Anyways, I think you know, and I, and I and I heard something. I was going to say I think my favorite actors of all time are because I love these kinds of movies. Are probably either Pacino, De Niro, or Nicholson. Yeah. Um, 
which you know I have obviously I have a bias towards those kinds of actors and these kinds of movies. But um, I mean, Nicholson is like he 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 did the total opposite end of of the of the spectrum. He he can do like fucking badass gangster, uh, close to Whitey Bulger or whatever, and then he can can do a role like uh, fucking Chinatown, where he's yeah. just a, a great damn detective. And uh, as good as it gets, is that what it's called? Um, which was, I mean, he was, um, I he was nominated for or won an Oscar for in the the nineties, I believe, which was had nothing to do with anything like this. Yeah, it was totally not typical Nicholson, but he he did it so well. And then there's always um, The Shining, which is totally out of the and he played Joker. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, I mean, he's he's just had a uh, a, a plethora of memorable roles that are just fucking outstanding. He's yeah. he's, he's just a brilliant actor. Either, either way you go, for sure. And uh, I I was gonna say I think you know De Niro and and Nicholson are two of my favorite actors. And I think I read something that said De Niro was considered for this part in this uh, movie. That but, makes sense. Um, or was considered for something. I think it was this part in this film. I could be wrong. Correct me if I am. Twitter, but. Uh, that would have been interesting, but I'm so glad Nicholson got it. Cause yeah, because I, I don't see, I, as much as I love De Niro, I don't see him bringing the same. I don't know if he could get so weird. You yeah, know? <laughs> I don't I don't know if he'd, I mean, he'd whip out the dildo thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe maybe in the Travis Bickle days, you know, maybe <laughs> early De Niro. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that uh, also Martin Sheen is one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he, he was just, fantastic he in just, this movie. There's no way, he can't deliver a line like, wrong i don't yeah. know how to say that but i mean he just he can't seem to fuck that up it just seems um, believable every time yeah and i mean i know like if you go back to apocalypse now and him you know finding his way through vietnam and cambodia and such i, and, I shamefully uh, say I, I haven't seen oh we have to do a, an episode on it it's so good <clears throat> yeah but uh that was when he was young and then <clears throat> president jed bartlett he's kind of a moderate Democratic president throughout the West Wing, um, but yeah, he's great. Um, so I, I can't say enough about the directing and the acting. Um, I thought the pacing of the scene with with Costigan and Queenan and figuring out who the rat is as they're atop of the building before spoiler, uh, Queenan dies. Yeah, um, I thought the pacing of that and everything was really good because it was kind of a they were you know on a collision course in a mm-hmm. sense, you know, which a lot of different times in this film that happens. Um, which is writing, directing, cinematography, acting, everything goes into that. Um, but uh, I think we see Mark Wahlberg in what's probably his finest role. Yeah. Um, speaking of God, acting. God, he takes so many shitty movies. Yeah, I don't know why he does that. He just, but, uh, every, every movie it looks like, every year he comes out with the same damn movie. Every year. Yep, uh, and he's like kind of the, the 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 the. There's this episode of Family Guy where where uh, it comes back on and and uh, they return to, to Harrison Ford running around. Give me back my family! <laughs> yeah, where's my family? Um, and and that seems to be the the role that Mark Wahlberg is as that and being a racist piece of shit sometimes. So, like in real life, yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah, apparently oh, uh, some some that. stuff came out about him being super racist. Oh, that's so, not good. so oh, that shit. makes sense. Um, 
And then, <clears> you know, Martin Sheen, of course. Uh, Matt Damon, one of his best roles. Yeah, he I mean, was great. He's not taking good movies these days either. No. So, um, you know, he had a lot of early stuff that was real solid, but, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I think Dogma is one of my favorite movies with him in it. Haven't seen it. Oh, I haven't seen that that's one. sad. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think overall, you know, the, the, the tension, I think maybe my favorite acted scene, the tension between Costello and Costigan when they're talking about the rat, and Billy Costigan says, you, 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 you know, you accuse me one time, and I tell you I didn't do it or whatever, and it's, you know. Yeah. It's, the, the, you accuse me again, I quit, but then, you know, past that, like, I put a fucking bullet in your head or yeah. whatever. I was like, shit, you know, and, and you could just see Costello was like, had not really been talked to that way, you yeah. know. And they just acted their asses off, there was so much tension. Um and I, I just, uh, yeah, the acting, the directing, superb. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could just, Leonardo DiCaprio was just radiating stress and and, yeah. and franticness and, and almost manicness. And, and as, his, as, as uh, Costigan, like, you just felt like all of the weight that he was feeling and, and, and the stress of, of being this mole for for the cops or whatever, and and you just felt everything that he was feeling. I I, I really thought, yeah, because that first scene where he goes and visits um, Vera Farmiga's uh, character, uh, the therapist, and he's you know, you can just see him escalate. You know, yeah. Um, uh, and that that that's a great fucking scene. He he acts his ass off. And then the the scene where he's he's running or walking through the airport on the phone, uh, he he really comes off as as stressed and almost unhinged in yeah. that. And then when he meets uh, Martin Sheen's character at his house, it 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 all just God, he just acts his ass off. Yeah. Uh, you want to move on to the writing? Sure, sure. Um, the dialogue's great. Some great one-liners. Um, terminology, everything seems accurate for the area. Yep. I've never been to Boston, but uh, God knows they nailed the accent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. Um, and I know they had like, like I'm pretty sure Matt Damon's actually from that area. Yeah, I right? think he is. Um, I'm not sure about DiCaprio, but I don't know where he's from. Me but uh, so I, I think that there was maybe some of that, you know some natural accent there mm-hmm. too and maybe Matt Damon would have called bullshit if they weren't doing that right or something yeah and I, I think I think Wahlberg is is from from yeah up north yeah too. he's from somewhere somewhere along in there um so you know that seemed accurate uh and and just the 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 essence of the area um and I will say that the pacing involving the writing was spot on the way that halfway through, both Frank and the police start pressing their guys about their suspicions and everything, mm-hmm. I just thought that was, you know, it was it was did not only did the the directing and everything kind of lead the pace, but the the script really was on pace too. Mm-hmm. God, just uh, talking about it makes me want to watch it again. Yeah. And, and, and so I mean, as soon as we get like I've seen it like four or five times. Same. So so uh, by the time that we we get to the 
would you watch it again? I mean, it's going to be a resounding yes. Yeah, well, yeah, we could just go ahead and say that. Right? Uh, I, well, before that, I, I do want to say I, I think one of my favorite lines. Oh, I have plenty more to say on the writing. I was yeah. just going to say, yeah, I'll watch it again. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'd, I'd, I'd watch it anytime it's on TV. But as uh, I mean, there's like you said, there's there's plenty of favorite lines to uh, to, to pick from. It, the the writing is just fucking incredible. Uh, but I, I think my overall favorite is is um, Co- or not Costigan uh, Costello telling I believe it was I believe he was talking to uh, to Costigan um, saying that that uh, he hadn't he he, uh, he says quote I haven't needed the money since I took Archie's milk money in the third grade yeah I uh, like that a lot I just thought that like set his whole character up so well and uh, and it was part of that really tense scene talking about the rat right was it okay because yeah. he said do you think you could be me you know and then costigan says yeah i think i could but i don't want to you know yeah that's right uh and, and he they, says i don't need the money i don't do this for that you know yeah i haven't needed the money and then he, he and goes, he says it as he's like burning this paper yeah yeah that's right that's right sure enough yeah, that that's a great fucking scene overall. Then I forgot that that was, that's where that scene or that line happened. At. Good point. Good point. There's so much there. Um, How about you? Yeah, I've got three. So I mean, if you've got more, you go ahead. Oh, that's but, that's. Uh, uh, I, I I love that. You know. I love that in the in the. After he busts the cast off of Costigan's arm and everything. One of the first scenes that Mr. French and Costello really interact with, with yeah. Billy Costigan, he walks through the bar and he and he's giving shit to one of the, the guys sitting at the bar and then he says, no, I'm just kidding. He says, quote, how's your mother? Guy says, on her way out. He says, we all are. Act accordingly. And he just yeah, keeps going. I love that and too. And I feel like Nicholson, uh, that's, that's a line that only he could have delivered quite that way. Um, so, uh, back to the acting too on his part. But uh, the next line, um, I think it was in the another great scene it, that we talked about was in that first therapy session. Yep. Uh, where DiCaprio says, uh, "Quote: When your heart is jacked, you know your your hand is steady. My yeah. hand is steady." And he says, uh, "That's one thing I figured out about myself in prison." My hand doesn't shake, ever. Yeah, you know, um, and I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it's it's um, it's uh, like if there's a place you're gonna figure that out. Yeah, yeah, and I mean just the, the just the fact that that I I think it just adds so much character. Like so many people in in uh, just nerve wracking situations, like it, it it's their natural response to just kind of shiver. or just get real nervous and, and jittery and, and their hands. I mean, especially if you're in such a tense situation where you're watching people get murdered right in front of you, like that's, that's gotta do something to you. Um, and, and for his like hand to just like be totally still and, and not have any like kind of trepidation is, is, is just such good fucking character writing and depth. And I think it goes back. I agree. And I think it goes back to the environment shaping you in the sense that, what has he endured? What has he seen? What kind of things have contributed to the, his character? Absolutely. Um, that have made him not react like a normal fucking person. Yeah. Would. 
that also makes him the perfect person person for this job or to be you know essentially exploited by the the, the, the state police which is what's sure. happening here but um, so I thought that was very telling uh, mm-hmm. and then I just really like another exchange they had right after that when she says why is quote why is the last patient a day always the hardest he says it's because you're tired and don't give a shit it's not supernatural yeah that's, quote, that's, I, I just thought that was really that, I mean that's just totally and relatable forth. and I yeah I feel like I, I feel like that's how I view things yep. like I would probably feel that that's the same I would probably feel that same yeah. impulse to say something like that probably wouldn't say that um, unless I mean I was under that kind of stress you know yeah, but yeah. Um, but I, I, I think uh, I was like damn that's true uh, yep yep another one of mine is is uh towards i i, I think towards the end is he says that uh it, it might have been to, to matt damon's character he, he tells him that being a cop is not an identity yeah that's great uh, because like you see so many fucking cops like just ad- adopt it and it's it's do. And it's it's just their whole fucking lives, and they they just don't know anything outside of being a cop. And I want to get back to that. I want to I want that to be the first thing we talk about in the um, issues kind of political okay. portion because okay. I have a lot to say. I want to pick up right where we left off there because I think that's a great point. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and read the little uh, um, you know part of the opening. Um, monologue or whatever it is for from from Jack Nicholson. Okay. When the when the film's opening, because I think you know, segueing into the politics, we've talked a while now about the film, and we yeah. can go on and on about it. But um, segueing into the politics, I think what he said at the beginning mirrors our quote from Marx to an extent about the environment shaping you. So uh, here it is. Here's part of it at least. Um, quote: I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment. Uh, to be a product of me, and uh, I'll end it there. And that's that's really what I think relates so well to the environment shaping the consciousness mm-hmm. of, of being. Mm-hmm. You know, um, with with Marx's quote, and I think that sets up an expectation of some sort of and, and foreshadowing for some sort of theme to be recurring throughout the film. I think if you're paying close enough attention, you see that a lot. Just like. When Costigan's talking about his hand not shaking, yeah, because what made him that way, you know, his, his environment. Um, so I think that all comes full circle. I think that's important, um, and uh, you know, so there. I mean, he goes on and on and, and says a lot of like racial shit too in that opening monologue. But um, essentially, that's the the part I wanted to take. That's the opening of it, and that's the part I wanted to take and kind of parallel that with that quote about the environment shaping you. Um, so, uh, moving on to the, to the first issue, which I think is police corruption, um, and just police in general, uh, what you said, I want to pick up right there because I think that's the best point that we can make about it is that, you know, it shapes the identity because there's identity formation that, that goes on there because, and, and, you know, we know this because we've seen it firsthand as well, you know, but it's like, and I, I, maybe it's something natural to some extent that when you feel you have to go out there and go to such extreme measures to do your job, I guess, um, 
as a tool of the, you know, the state, um, you may feel that there's such a sense of quote unquote responsibility or something, um, that you've been entrusted with that it, that you take it personally. You can't help but take it personally. Mm -hmm. And I also will say that that is, and that's not to absolve anybody of anything. That's not an excuse. That's me saying that, uh, to be clear, that's the, I think by design, because I think there's a status quo and there's a, you know, a design in place, an institution that counts on that counts on, um, military and police officers, you know, soldiers and police officers, um, taking it personally. And then it's a a source of pride. Sure. Um, And that's how they're able to, you know, because it's not the money. Nope. You know. For damn sure in the money, they don't get paid shit. And if it were simply the will to serve, uh, which it may originate as in some, but if it's simply the will to serve, uh, that can be done in so many capacities. And in so many institutions that don't have um, a a penchant for killing unarmed black people, mm-hmm. you know? So there's, like, that thing that there's so many character and personality traits that go into to serving in that capacity uh, that I think now there's a design by the institution that counts on you taking it personally and saying they've entrusted me with a gun and the you know the law and I have to go carry this out yeah and uh, and so it becomes an identity because they I think uh, you know I think that's by design I guess is my point absolutely sure and 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 to to kind of expand on that like I don't think it's a coincidence that that I don't have a number right in front of me, but but there's a, a percentage of cops that also turn out to be domestic abusers, and and uh, I, I don't want to again like like what you said I, I don't want to absolve anybody of of their uh, wrongdoings, but I mean being a cop sure, surely isn't easy. I I, I don't want to take away from that because they they are equally have are in situations where they stare down the barrel of a gun pointed back at them, uh, which again, I'm not trying to absolve them of anything. Um, but it, I, I think like what it's, they're, they're, they're put there, you know, they're put in that situation. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's a, a symbiotic kind of relationship that, that more of you lose who you are as a person and, and all you become is, is this, tool of the state and you 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 also like you're <clears throat> you're a cop at work you're a cop at, at at your kids baseball game and and you're a cop at at fucking home and and when your wife does something that that doesn't align with you like it's just easier to to slap her back into line which it, it <clears throat> again not not a, a absolving anything but but i think like it it, it my best like kind of example of of uh is is like venom from spider-man like there's 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 uh eddie brock and and then there's the 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 symbiote or whatever of of venom and and i think slowly like it just it just becomes easier and easier as the the symbiote just kind of like takes over his body and 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 that's like uh i think what ends up happening with a lot of cops is, is they like bring just so much of this shit home and, and, uh, and eventually being a cop just overtakes their identity as a whole. 
Yeah, and I think that uh, there was an Indiana University study um, done that I think suggests that uh, that it was nearly forty percent, but um, that of, of cops who turn out to be domestic abusers. But um, that's a shit ton. Yeah, that's and, a scary amount. Yeah, it, it's it's close to half of cops. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know. There, you have to question not only the individual cops and the decisions that they make, but the institution. And this is why I believe it's an institutional kind of a, a large systemic issue. Is that um, there? You know, there's a, a a design there, and you're convinced of something uh, to make this part of your identity, so that you will have the you know, nerve to carry out whatever tasks or mm-hmm. whatever, um, and so you know it, it's a it's a it's a way that yes, I think that these cops are class traders. Absolutely, but I also think that the institution counts on a lot of this shit and preys upon insecurities or whatever, and gives these folks identities that they can then use to their benefit to carry out their you know. Um, to do their bidding on behalf of the state, which is why, of course, we believe they're tools of the state. Sure. Um, and I think there are just so many personalities and character traits that go to, go into that. And uh, I mean, and like, I, I personally know two cops. I, I went to high school with them, and I was best friends with them for years and years. And now, uh, I mean, I don't even talk to them anymore because, like, we've gotten in such heated debates when I've attacked them for for being cops and and like not well not i don't want to say attacked i didn't like go after them but i one post that i made debated the merits of their profession yeah (laughs) i I mean which is their identity exactly um and and it 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 just got to a point where like i had to remove one and i don't talk to the other one anymore yeah and and it's like you know what's funny is that um they were people who were um, on the left and fairly open-minded from what you have said, and and that's actually regressed since they've become yeah. cops, which is funny. But that, it's ironic a, as there's, hell. There's a well, there's a trend. I think that you know is at work there, and that design works. Um, and then that even it, uh, if, if you want to end up bringing it full circle, it they become a product of their environment. They're yeah. They're around all of this machismo bullshit. Cops are so fucking amazing, America, um, that they're like, yeah, yeah, we we are good. Thin blue line, <laughs> motherfucker. Right. Uh, and and it just uh, again, it it just the 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 cop side of their identity just just overtakes everything else right. to, to the point where they're. Their fucking profile picture is is the thin blue line bullshit, or and it's not uncommon that you see people form their identities around a profession because it's what we spend so much time doing. Uh, yeah, sure, you know? exactly. And that's by design too. But um, not to sound you know conspiratorial or anything, but I mean it is you know. So it's like um, when, especially when that is something like being a cop. Good lord, it's. It's tough to shake, and when you attack the merits of the of the profession of you know policing, I guess you attack their identity, and it gets ugly. But uh, I'll, I'll just go with uh, you know a couple of these quotes here um, by Sullivan, 
um, Colin Sullivan, uh, he says to um, the, uh, again, Vera Farmiga's character that uh, her name escapes me. It's um, it's uh, Madeline. Yeah. Um, they're out to dinner, and he says, uh, quote, I'll always have a job. I'll just arrest innocent people, end quote. And he laughs like it's a joke, but... Jesus, that's a serious thing. Yeah, it you know? it, it it reminded me of uh, when when old Flash and Batman Begins is yep. like, "Do you want to see some excessive force?" Yep. And it's just like, "Oh no, no, that's uh, nope, that's that's why you have so many fucking people that that want to end you." And and I mean end you in in terms. Well, I'm sure there are folks that I don't want to I don't want to instigate violence. We're, I don't want to get us on a list, but but in terms of <laughs> in terms of ending you, I mean as a as an institution, not ending you as taking your life. Well, there, and there's just so many um, that you know. That's why there's such pushback, but um, is because it's almost joked about, and and it's an institution that is uh, has wielded so much power, um, and doesn't always take care to do what we think is responsible with it. But um, also, uh, Sullivan mentions, uh, he says, quote, I'll swear to the judge I surveilled him there and we'll have a warrant, and Abracadabra will have a warrant, um, end quote. That's like, you know, when they're when they're trying to kind of hunt down the rat or whatever, Um I don't know if that's commentary on business as usual on obtaining a warrant. Uh, I don't have that information, but uh, I mean, I think it's I think it's commentary on quote serving justice because I I think even I think it was up in Baltimore it came out that that um, cops were planning um, those those like black plastic guns on on unarmed black people to mm. to make it seem like. They Jeez. they were a, a legitimate threat and could get away with just and murdering them. And it's a, it's it's indicative of of skirting the the checks and balances that are in place, yep. you know, and regulations that are in place for a reason. It's I as you know sergeant of so and so state police. I've decided that this needs to happen, and so regulations and checks and balances and everything else that's in order be damned exactly this is going to happen and that's definitely not the way uh it's supposed to work but um uh i I, you know just a couple more things on the uh that stuck out to me on the on the police matter because obviously a lot of this film is centered around it sure um when when Billy Koskin's talking and he's kind of having that meltdown or whatever and he says, quote, they signed up to use their weapons but they watch enough TV to where they know they have to, to have to weep afterwards, end quote. Uh, he also says, N- uh, there's no one more full of shit than a cop except for a cop on TV. Yeah, I love that line too. And uh, it just, you know, golly, there's so many, there's so many, you know, like when you see the mug shots of the people who've killed innocent people that are cops and they're they they show so much remorse and everybody can't help but you know but make excuses for the white you know son of suburbia who killed you know someone else i mean it's just um there may be real grief there or real um 
regret or remorse, but we wouldn't fucking know it. And just like there may be quote-unquote bad apples and may be what some call good cops, um, and that's also, you know, quote-unquote good cops. Oh, yeah. No, there's no such thing. But uh, we wouldn't fucking know because those, they aren't saying shit. Yeah, and, and, and the ones that do end up getting fired. So, um, there, I mean, ultimately it, it just comes back around to there is no such thing as good cops because even the, the because ones, the institution is flawed. Uh, yep. Yep. Exactly. And, and even Dignam says threatens to erase Billy Costigan's file if he didn't play ball. That was, that was Sullivan. No, Sullivan erased it. Dignam threatened to erase it. Oh, okay. I must have missed that then. When they when he punches Dignam, that's right. He says, "What if I fucking erased your file?" That's right. And you're right. just another one of Costello's guys now. That's right. That's and then right. he hits him. Yeah. And then Martin Sheen's character, yeah, man. has to separate him. And then, of course, Sullivan does. You're right. Go on to actually do that. Yeah, but man. No, I, just... I, I would just meant this is a way that. Even you know uh, another person uses that same logic within the department or within oh sure the sure. institution you know and you just grow to feel so fucking bad for uh, Billy Costigan slash Leo's character I mean like he does some kind of shitty things in the process um, he he shoots that one guy in the kneecap uh, which was kind of shitty to to get an answer out of him. Um, God, that scene ended up so funny, though. Yeah, it kind of did. When, when the guy was screaming, <laughs> like I hate to laugh at that because he was clearly in a, in trouble, but, <laughs> and in pain. But he was like, "I thought you were supposed to go in shock or something." <laughs> this fucking hurts. Yeah, I was like, "Damn, um, that's true." Yep. And then, like, when I I just feel felt so bad for him when um, he tells Vera, uh, Madeline. Madeline. Okay. Yeah, Madeline. That that if if uh, if you if you feel the same way in two weeks, mm-hmm. let me know. And and it's just like, oh, but he's gonna be dead sooner than that. Yep. Spoiler. He's gonna he's, he's gonna, he's gonna yeah. be super dead with a bullet in his head. Yep. That was a rhyme. Poet um, didn't know it. Look at you. Look at me go. So um, I'll just end this this issue of the police thing with. Uh, when when the other I don't know his name but the cop that kills Billy Costigan at the end yeah yeah says, I don't know his uh, name and he and he gets in the elevator with uh, with um, Sullivan and he says you think you were the only one Costello had on the inside yeah. we got to look out for each other we got to protect each other now and that's so indicative of that brotherhood of yep. like cover each other's ass and then what happens fucking Sullivan shoots him in the back of the goddamn head yep didn't see. It. Oh, excuse me. So, um, anyways, I think there's a lot of a lot of interesting things we can talk about there. Who knows how much is commentary um, on those flaws, and uh, or how much is just uh, there for accuracy's sake. But either way, it's very much an issue and very interesting. Um, I would, you know, there's there's some of these issues we won't spend as much time as we did on that one, but. Um, the class divide. I think there's a there's you know a lot of class divide in the film. There's a realtor showing the apartment to Sullivan. Says something like, uh, I believe it's quote, if you move in, you'll be upper class by about Tuesday. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, they 
Dignam and Queenum are, you know, interviewing Billy Costigan uh, before this <laughs> and are just wearing him out about his, yeah. his family. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and where he comes from and which side of town he was from and which side of town he hung, hung out in and all this stuff. Um, so I think there's, you know, some of those... Uh, family things and uh, and you know uh, some of that class uh, divide in different areas of town you know that's talked about a lot yep. you know you're from Southie or from you know what I'm saying like as they as they said in the yeah, film yeah. so I think that's something just to mention there's not you know nearly as much to go off of there but it's very present and I think it was just written in there because it's accurate. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that going on. I think the racism is the same. Mo- yeah. Moving on to that, I, it was I've blatant. always I've always heard that Boston is <laughs> is uh, you all right, buddy? Yeah, yeah. You take a drink. I, d- I don't take, have any. Take a drink. Okay, here. Have a have, have a, a coke. Have a Coca Cola. We're, we're gonna. These are gonna be more expensive real soon. Yeah, they are. Apparently, aluminum tariffs. Yay, um, Trump. We're. Uh, we're not plugging Coca-Cola because we're not sponsored by them, but we drink a shit ton of it, so have one. Thank you. Uh, I brought that. That was for you. I just I, You're a sweetheart. You didn't know it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that there was a lot of – I've always heard that, that Boston has a, some, some, some racial divide. Yeah, I mean, but, it would uh, explain why Mark Wahlberg is kind well, of racist. That's yeah. true. Um uh, so, you know, uh, what? One of the things that Mark Wahlberg's character Dignam says in uh, one of those first two interviews, he says, uh, "quote A lot of them just want to slam a, you know, in inwards head through a window." Yep. End quote. Yep. Um, that was kind of blatant. So, you know, it's like uh, I don't know how to directly quote that, but uh, it's like, oh, you don't? Well, yeah. I mean, so it's <laughs> like. Um, that obviously, I mean, that's kind of that's apparent across the U.S. and in the South. Sometimes, being where we're at, we think maybe it's more apparent here, but yeah. uh, it seems like it's rampant. Uh, yeah, I, I like I th- I think the North wants to portray itself as kind of like this ahead of the curve kind of thing that that especially the coasts you know yeah oh we we weren't half as racist as the as the south is or was and still is um but i mean yeah they 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 got their fair share of fucking problems up there right uh um, and the, and the homo, homophobia was blatant throughout this film too right, right true uh so much racism and homophobia and all that from frank costello uh, and, even and even Costigan, he yeah. he he busted out a, a couple homophobic slurs. Right, um, and just the way that Costello was talking to the Chinese folks that he was going to do the deal with. Yeah, saying like in this country. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it's like I don't know if that's like racism, xenophobia, like um, nationalism, all that shit. So, um. Again, just kind of, uh, kind of like the class divide. It was present. Not gonna spend a lot of time on it, but it was there, and it was indicative of the environment again. Yeah. To bring it around. Um, uh, let's spend a little bit of time on the uh, the 
organized crime and the hierarchy within. I don't know a lot about that stuff. So if anybody out there knows more about that, the history I think Dr. Of, Bones would, would be the guy for true. that. Um, so it's like, it, it, you know, the history of organized crime uh, interests me to a degree, but I don't really – I haven't studied any of that stuff enough to know how all of the hierarchies within work. And this film doesn't give uh, – you know, f- films like Goodfellas – give a lot more insight into the hierarchy of those structures. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I, I find but, it fascinating. Yeah, I do too. I just don't know enough to say one way or another uh, definitively, but uh, it seems like you know hierarchy is, is something that the left is always kind of dealing with, whether it's the fight between like authoritarianism and, and like uh, you know the more like uh, anarchist or libertarian socialist bent. Um, it, there's a also just a general I think from the left a general pushback against the current status quo and hierarchy that exists in government and in corporations and in you know that creates class divide and all the things that are at work now sure so uh, I think hierarchy is a, a big topic on the left um, and I think we see that in organized crime and uh, I think it's interesting one of my favorite lines that I didn't mention earlier because it's really pertinent here is uh, is the first time Mr. French and Billy Costigan meet and Billy Costigan hits a guy in a bar mm-hmm. and Mr. French backs him up and says I'm the guy that t- quote I'm the guy that tells you there are guys you can hit and guys you can't hit that's not quite a guy you can't hit but it's almost a guy you can't hit End quote. And I just think that's really good, like wordplay and, and yeah, writing yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. And I, I got a kick out of that. But also, I think it shows a lot to do with the hierarchy yep. of families because after that, he tells the guy he hit that Costigan is Jackie's nephew, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who was part of organized crime and was killed by the police. Yep. Um, and, uh, and he hits the guy anyways. So, um, and I think that that's interesting because it's you know familial, right? But also environmental, and just who's running with who, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it was it was an interesting parallel of of how similar um, something like like the the police and and its hierarchy because um, it it kind of works its way from the bottom up, which is what um, the the how they rose. Uh, Costigan and even Sullivan, um, they 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 started out as trainees, and and then we see them like kind of make that adventure. And originally, they just started out as kids in the neighborhood. Yeah, as yeah. You see in the very beginning, and they're influenced by Costello and all that. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the, the 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 hierarchy is is almost ex- it mirrors in in uh, the in in this lumpen proletariat kind of uh, organized crime syndicate. Yeah. Which I thought was was really interesting, and both the guys at the top, um, because I think Queenan slash uh, Martin Sheen's character was he was at the top, and he died. He got thrown off a roof, um, and then well, he was captain of the of the Boston PD. Right. So I I think that gave him like the most jurisdiction to do stuff, and then obviously Frank Costello got got shot in a in a bulldozer. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. They, yeah, they, they, they parallels there. Yeah, they mirrored each other a whole bunch. 
Agreed, and I think the hierarchy is something that was not talked about openly a whole lot, but was very present yeah, and very yeah. important. Um, and uh, something that they all seem to take very seriously in their environment. Uh, another thing that was alluding to the hierarchy is uh, just something I thought was interesting. When Costigan is talking about the rat to Costello in that great scene we mentioned, um, where a lot of those lines we talked about come from, he says, uh, Costigan says, you don't pay him much, your guys. Who wants to take over, right? You don't pay him much. It's almost a feudal enterprise, Yeah, he says. I really, I got that, I got that almost a feudal enterprise line yeah. in my notes. So it's like, you know, that can be debated too, but um, but that's really interesting at, at, at how the, you know, lump and proletariat and the organized crime families and institutions operate, um, whether, you know, the I would like to know more about the internal operations of... Oh, of, yeah. I mean, just on, on like, a, a historical basis and a fact-finding basis, but, you know, like, uh, I would just be interested to know how many of those parallel so many other institutions um, and, and throughout history and, and you know... Dr. But, Bones would be the... Definitely yeah. be the guy because he's yeah. he's mentioned it several times. Yeah, I've heard him talk about that a little bit. So, if if you're hearing this, hit us up. Um, but uh, that's really you know I, I just think that's something that's very present and has a lot to do with the with the film. It's not mentioned a whole lot, but man, it's it seems to be taken very seriously. Um, and uh, surveillance. Just a quick point. You know the Patriot Act. How yeah. How uh, you know. Um, uh, Ellerby's character, played by uh, Alec Baldwin. I love it. Yeah, he says, you know, quote, uh, Patriot Act, I love it. Yeah. End quote. And he's hey, hugging yay everybody. For, and, yeah, yay for spying on everybody in the whole right. fucking country. So it's like... It Our comes, privacy, damn. Yeah. Be damned. So it comes back to that thing we talked about. I don't remember which film we talked about it in, but if if it, if it does some sort of, quote-unquote, greater... serve some, quote-unquote, greater good, is it... Still I believe that was or, the Dawes episode. I think you're right. Yep. Um, so there, there's a lot, you know, to unpack with that. I don't want to spend much time on it, but yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Um, uh, along with something you pointed out that that is a post 9/11 world in this film, mm-hmm. um, and in the pub scene, there's a "United We Stand" sticker. Yep. You know, behind Billy Costigan is Mr. French's. You know, yelling at him. Uh, you, you pointed that out, and I thought that was interesting because those two things just very much, very accurately depict a post nine eleven world in which yep. crime and police and everything. And just the, the 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 mistrust throughout the whole film, mm-hmm. or distrust rather, like nobody trusted <laughs> anybody. Right. Uh, so, you know, with all that said, I'd like to uh, just kind of. Move into our, our final topic, which I believe is uh, economic determinism. Yeah, and can, again, can you give like a a, a basic breakdown of of because uh, I, I I've got some understanding of it. Um, I, I I think it would be good if if we uh, kind of gave our listeners a little bit of a sure. Um, I mean, essentially, like we we kind of talked about with that quote at the beginning. Uh, it, it's it's a from what I understand, and I'm no expert or scholar on the subject, but it's oh, kind of so modest. Kind of it's kind of the uh, the idea that 
um, your environment and economic uh, situation um, and the material conditions in which you exist shape the consciousness and the ideas and your kind of social existence rather than the other way around. And there's, you know, philosophical determinism suggests there's uh, cause and effect behind everything in a very, very simple way to put it, very quick and simple. Uh, so of, if I'm born poor, the 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 the, the sti- sti- uh, statistical odds of me becoming the CEO of McDonald's is is extremely low. Right, and you know it's like uh, there's a statistic. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick. But there is a statistic that um, suggests that. Um, Something like over seventy percent of folks born poor stay poor. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Let me see if I can find exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, and then you know, s- some small bit above that achieve middle class, and then uh, and even uh, just a, a small small portion um, actually achieve um, becoming rich, quote unquote, yeah, wealth or whatever. Um, oh, here we go. Only 4% of people who are born into poverty will make it out. Um, so wait, what does this do to the bootstrap theory? Uh, it destroys it with logic and facts. Did we just Charlie Kirk it? In a Charlie Kirk fact. Holy shit. Um, so yeah, there's, there's like 96% that are not making it into the upper class. Um, wealthiest 5%. Um, but there is a, uh, it's a, uh, says here a study published by Pew Charitable Trusts in 2013. This is not even the one I was thinking of, but, uh, we'll go with it. Um, yeah, there was, there was one that, sorry. Oh, you're good. Concluded that only 4% of those born into poverty reached the top 20% of the income ladder. Um, there, there's, you know, multiple studies on this and that's not even the one that I was, uh, thinking of, but it's CNN one did one, yeah, most I recently, so. I believe that I I had to use to uh, destroy somebody that I was debating with with logic and facts. Yes, um, God, I I just love to Charlie Kirk somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thankfully, my face doesn't shrink as as his head expands <laughs> as as the memes suggest. Um, so you know that's uh. Uh, we got a little bit off topic, I guess, but, uh, you know, economic determinism, I mean, it's kind of, um, you know, a socioeconomic theory um, that basically, uh, you know, stresses that uh, uh, competing economic classes um, are mostly uh, determined by um, their conditions. Right, right. right. So, um and it's very much a uh, kind of kind of stems from uh, kind of stems from a, a philosophical determinist perspective, but um, there's also a lot of debate on that. You know, there's a lot of Marxists who push back on that. Um, I have not waded very far into that. Yeah. But um, so let us know out there if you have something, uh, some sort of argument either way but um i just think it's an interesting thing to uh to touch on 
because it is something that does appear in uh, um, in Mark's theory or or discussions and surrounding such things, um, and it's such a uh, an important uh, theme throughout this this film, and uh, you know that that has a lot to do with again the first scenes where. Uh, they're interviewed, and um, Costigan is just, you know, just, you know, worn out over his uh, family situations and class situations and environment and economics back and forth and and all that. Um, so I think that, um, you know, a lot to do with this movie, I think, ha- is, uh, in a lot of Scorsese films, it's like finding... Um, how you relate to your environment or how your environment impacts you and, and, you know, kind of the, uh, vice versa, you know? Um, I feel like there is a lot of, it's almost, you know, Goodfellas is kind of a coming of age thing. Mm-hmm. This is that in a sense because of those two characters and, but it's more, I think about, uh, the environment than the individual character. Uh, as something like Goodfellas would be, so you know, I think there, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I don't have a, you know, I, at this point, I don't have a hardline stance on economic determinism one way or the other. Uh, I think there's a lot of nuance to that. I think we could go a whole other hour if we discuss that, if we really yeah. dive into that. But, um, but I think that there. Uh, just by that opening kind of monologue in this film and that Marx quote that kind of mirror one another to a degree, I think there's a lot of searching for how uh, the conditions in which we exist impact our consciousness and our overall existence and what defines uh, what. And you think that you're, you know, there are things within your control or uh, turn out to be outside of it. Mm-hmm. In the way that, you know, all of these guys were born here and died here and all by the same mechanisms, really, yep. you know. Um, Fine point. So, you know, that's uh, just to touch on that. That's really all I've got. But Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was, it was um, Sullivan's environment that, that put him in uh Frank Costello's crosshairs and 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 it being such a I guess a kind of a smaller community that that led uh Frank Costello to to know who he was as a child and then again like it was uh on the on the flip side of that it was it was um uh Billy Costigan being born into this family who uh was was already known criminals mm-hmm. and ended up in the and it's it's just a, a, a fucking just a, an eventual crossing of the two, which which is just amazing, and yeah. and uh, and it, it seemed that you know it was it was almost like determined that uh, one thing would lead to the next, and they would not get out of the fucking thing alive. Yeah, so. yeah. It's it's it th- that shit is always fascinating to to really talk about and get into. Like you said, we could we could talk about it for 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 another hour. Yep. Uh, well, you know, if anybody out there has any thoughts on, on determinism as a philosophy or economic determinism as it relates to Marxist thought or this film, please hit us up. We would love to hear about it. Um, 
if you find us on iTunes, give us a rating and a review on there, please. Uh, please visit our Patreon page. Um, we have three tiers, and uh, you can read about them on the page. Um, hit us up on Twitter at LeftMediaPod. Uh, and again, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next week, as always. Uh, Before we get out of here, oh. we didn't rate it. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I I didn't even think about that because we talked about how much we loved it. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you give it? I'm 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 gonna give it a ten, a ten out of ten. It's is that for just is that kind because of, it's a, it's kind of a genre. Film, yeah, it's but. kind of a genre film. I would say. Um, yeah, man. I think. I think as as a gangster film, it's a ten. And I think as as a I, I think it's like that that one rare movie that you can give it the same rating in in its genre and out of its genre because it's 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 just so goddamn good. Yeah, I'll say I'll say nine nine point five nine and a half uh, overall, and I'll say um, I'll say a ten. I think I, I I don't I'm not sure within the genre of this kinds of kind of film that you can really do better than this. Yeah, uh, and if you do, it's probably The Godfather or Goodfellas, and this is really up there with that. In, in a different setting in, in a modern time. So and they they I mean like I think everything shaped it just to be perfect. Like I mean just as soon as the the movie comes on and and fucking Gimme Shelter starts playing, yeah. You just feel like you're you're in for something big. Yeah, and we should yeah, I, I mean shout out to the to the the sound and the the score and the 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 you know soundtrack and everything scorsese always does a great job with that yeah for sure um anyways yeah anyway yeah that's that's it i just wanted to get that out there yeah i'm glad you did totally forgot about that um all right well uh we will see you next week thanks everybody for tuning in uh in solidarity comrades (laughs) 